as uh, as Qui Gon Jim once said, uh, "There's always a bigger fish," and I don't know why. Why? Why is that the one quote from Phantom Menace that you remember? I mean, there's so many great quotes from the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, but why that one? Because it's so fucking stupid. It literally means nothing. What about it? It has metaphorical significance that there will always be bigger fish. There's always. Well, I more think it's a life. terrible metaphor. It's basically say like imagine you're in a shit situation, and rather than saying someone like saying to someone like, "Oh, cheer up, things will get better," imagine saying to someone, "There's always worse things." Like that's literally what people say, though. Like no, but I but when that when you're complaining about terrible. life. When you're complaining about life, someone will say, think of the kids in Africa. They're suffering worse yeah, than Yeah, and right I think now. that's a fucking horrible way to deal with those types of things. It is a horrible things. way to deal with because, it, people like, do what, say it. Well, what you want to do is you want to say, like, oh, it's okay, like, I know, like, you're, you're doing shit, but, like, things will get better. Not say, like, eh, could be worse. You know, your house could have burnt down. It's like, that's not helpful. How did he get onto this? So, from... Qui-Gon, there's always a bigger fish, sure. Just, you know, maybe I'm just going to stop swimming for a bit then, you know? Oh, mate, they should make a gin called Qui-Gon Gin. I'd drink that shit. Oh, mate. Okay, we'll start a brewery. <laughs> and quite, what flavour would it be? Um, oh, It'd have to look green, so it, it's got to yeah. be apple, right? Like apple ooh, gin. Apple gin. That's like, ooh, I don't think there is an apple. Are gin, we onto? Actually. Are we onto something? Are we going to participate something. in in the shithole franchise that is the Star Wars franchise? Yeah, apple gin and tonic called Qui Gon Gin and Tonic. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be fucking sick. <laughs> All right, no, no, this you heard it here first. Like, no one steal this. Yeah, trademarked. If we see this on shelves next year, Disney, we're looking at you. We're looking at you. We know what corporate monster you are. You are listening to the Talking Music Podcast with Josh Ferguson and Connor Bryant. Hello. I'm Josh Ferguson. You are Connor Bryant. This I is am. the podcast where we, you guessed it, talk about music. How are you, Connor? Doing good. Doing good. I'm good. Feeling, feeling the winter spirit. My spirits are up. The winter is up. I'm doing good. My my spirit it's weird for me. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm quite happy. I'm doing alright. Yeah. Um but the Christmas market's open now. Oh uh, yeah. And the fact that I have to walk through it every time I go to work brings my festivity down. Wait, hang on, is this market open every day? Yeah. Right. It's open every day. There's you know, you know what you need cheese. to do? You know what you need to do with the marketplace? What? You want to go to the fresh fruit and veg hmm. and get some real cheap avocados there. That That's that's my piece of wisdom from one person to another. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. It's not just like a generic market. It's like they actually sell like Christmassy stuff. You can't just like rock up to the Christmas market and buy it. Oh. Uh... It's like they sell like Christmas cheeses and like hog roast and shit like that hello i'd like to buy an avocado please any any christmas avocados uh this is a stand for christmas jumpers please go away oh I'm anyway on, I'm on, I've, yeah yeah merry christmas to all of you mm-hmm. um and for this christmas we're bringing you two albums and a discussion on those albums ho 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 and those two albums. 
And and those two albums are Aphex Twin with the Richard D. James album and uh, the Postal Service with Give Up. Lovely, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, these are these are two albums that we thought that we each other should revisit uh, that we had listened to before and that we just either never came back to or we didn't appreciate as much as we thought the other the one should have done. Uh, if, if, well, that was quite a mouthful. Um, yeah, <laughs> a week ago I I recommended to you the Richard D James album because I think you give Aphex Twin too much of a bad rap, uh, which is some yeah, some some like... of it is understandable. Um, yeah, some people have messaged me over Instagram saying like, "Oh, how could you not like Aphex Twin?" Wait, like, really? Did they actually? Uh, like one or two people. Oh, yeah, we're wow. not like super popular. My my inbox wasn't flooded. Nah, but still, like that, but still, like yeah, wow. people do come up to me and say, "What what is wrong with you? How can you not like Aphex Twin? Like, what is it about him that you don't like?" And for me, it's not particular to Aphex Twin it's with a lot of IDM that I've listened mm-hmm. to it's very very cold mm-hmm. and it's so it's one of the most inhumane uh, not inhumane that's not the word I want inhuman uh, genres of music out there right because there's no emotion to it there's, you know, it's very robotic at times you know there's some standout I was going to say I, genre, I agree to an extent because I, I, I get it from like the, the point of view of like, I feel like with dance music, it's trying to connect to you like your soul because it wants you to dance. It wants you to move. But with IDM, there's like a sort of, uh, I don't know, mechanicalness. Yeah, it's like intelligent dance music. What, oh, what yeah, it's pretentious as shit. But then I do yeah. think like there are, there are things that IDM incorporates that I think does better at getting an emotional reaction out of you than regular dance music does or edm does like 100 percent. yeah i mean like again like i said there are some standout artists and albums out there i think fortet i was gonna say i think fortet is probably the one that does it best yeah he has really perfected like the blend of idm production Mm -hmm. and like raw emotional like song structures mm-hmm. and songwriting definitely you know he actually has melody to his songs and while still maintaining complexity and just like you know odd time signatures in his music yeah um same with uh Autaka as well and on some albums some albums in their discography particularly the later albums yeah well like the four um, hour is, are they the ones that did the four hour album that came out yeah, yeah. so they released um i think it's Elsequire or something mm-hmm. like that, which is four hours, right? And then this year they came out with the NTS sessions or something like that, and that's four albums totaling eight hours. And yeah, no. it's like, ha- I I do not have the time to sit through that. Who does? And the fact that it's very cold IDM, mm-hmm. I do not have the motivation to check out that shit either. Yeah, because a lot of IDM is like very very glitchy, so sometimes it doesn't give yeah. you a lot to bite into um yeah there's not it's not catchy a lot of the time mm-hmm. it's very repetitive and it's very overwhelming mm-hmm. as well with like these really like like fast drum beats and, and i think um i think which i will talk about at some yeah point, that's but, that's yeah. why i do kind of understand what you don't like about apex to him because like for me as much as i try to encourage you to listen to it for ages i like one of my lesser favorites of his is 
trucks or truck mm. truckies or yeah, trucks, yeah. Yeah, however you want to pronounce it and, and the reason why that's one of my lesser favorites is because there's like 30 tracks and the the way that the beats are so broken on that thing it's really really hard to kind of just like attach yourself to it but and maybe i'll use this as a segue to breach us into richard d james album i think Richard DJ uh, Richard D James album is the complete opposite of that. I I feel like there is a lot of emotion to that album. I feel like there is a lot that gets across in, in, in that album and I think it being only what like 35 minutes. I think it's really Yeah, something like 30 35 minutes. Really concise. Very very short. Very very smooth and I think it the way it blends genres is what uh, makes it to me one of the best IDM albums out there. So I'd love to know what your mm. thoughts on re-listening to this thing was. Well, mm -hmm. I do have to say, yeah, uh, right out the bat, yep, I definitely did not give the love and attention this album deserved on my first listen. Cool, it's good stuff. So I'm glad I listened to it again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I do have a newfound appreciation for it. It is definitely, like you said. A lot more emotional, mm -hmm. a lot more melodic, and a lot better put together, I guess, yeah. than some other Apex Twin albums. Yeah. Not to say that an Apex Twin album is badly produced or badly made. Mm -hmm. They're always amazingly produced. Um, but like I said, the thing that's gone in the way with me and Apex Twin is just the distance, the human factor. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever I listen to Selected Ambient Works Volume 1, I just couldn't sink my teeth into it because it's so oh, cold. I, I do love that album. but It's a good album, yeah, yeah but it just I can't invest myself mm -hmm. into it. In the same way I can invest myself in, say, like any Brian Eno Ambient albums or any Tim Hecker albums or anything like that. They create more know? of an atmosphere. It's weird because I wouldn't even consider... Yeah, it's the atmosphere. I wouldn't even consider yeah. selected ambient works as being necessarily that ambient. No, it's not too ambient. No, it's more like minimal techno. Mm. But even in that regard, like I've heard minimal techno albums that are way more impactful yeah. and pack way more of a punch personally. And again, I'm going to get so much shit <laughs> for like, this is like sacrilege. To this a lot is of the people. great thing about opinions though, you know? Exactly. Opinions. The Richard D. James album, though, on second listen, is absolutely uh, an investing listen. Mm -hmm. And it is an emotional listen. And there are some melodies on here that have stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have that many complaints about it, to be honest. The only real complaint I have with it is similar to a complaint I gave you when I first listened to it mm -hmm. about a year ago. Um, and that was uh, something along the lines of it felt like classical music or Casio synths with some just like really fast breakbeats, mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, oh, look, I'm meshing these two worlds together and look how novel that is. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that extremely about it now. I yeah. do believe there are some borderline genius uh, meshes between IDM style production and classical music. That, just, I was, like, was going to say, it's, it's one of my favorite things about it. Like, I wouldn't say it's my favorite thing about yeah. it, but my favorite thing about it is just the human factor. It does feel like uh, Richard is having fun. 
with making this music. Do you know you what know? I think I, part of that is down to? Um, like mm. a lot of his other music, like is purely in the electronics, and and I find this with uh, IDM as well. But there, there are certain moments I think, like especially on the the opening track, and uh, like to cure a weakly uh, weakling child, like there's human mm. voices in it. Like even if they're oh, just yeah, yeah, like yeah. used very very minimally as like the samples, but I think like in yeah the opening track four, there's like just that little bit of a sample that just like kind of breaks the song. Um, it sounds like they're in the studio or something, but then it like gives it that perfect segue into like the the next part, and I just I love that part, and I think that's what brings out that human element a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like I do actually picture Richard at his Macintosh mm-hmm. putting together these beats. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't, I couldn't picture that when listening to Selected Ambient Works mm-hmm. or Drugs. Yeah. Or any of his other albums, you know. But with this one, I can picture just like Richard just like jamming out mm-hmm. at his keyboard, like, oh, yeah, this is the beat. Yes, get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a song like Fingerbib. For oh, instance, like, God. The, the, the melody, melody is so good on it. Gets yeah. my head grooving, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I can see where Forte would, mm-hmm. like, would be inspired by something like that and just ride a whole career with that inspiration. It, it's so simple you know? as well. Like, it's, it's really, yeah. it's just that one melody that just like goes throughout the entire track great beat mm-hmm. and uh and again like some idm snobs might turn their nose up to it so mm-hmm. it's not it's not intelligent enough it's not complex the time signatures are oh, not yeah. challenging in any way <laughs> but honestly it's, it's just a fun little jam mm-hmm. and like i said it it does feel like he's having fun and that's the whole ethos behind this record i guess because especially with the album cover it does just look like he's fucking about so have have you uh, do you, do you know much about the the whole Aphex Twin and his face situation? Um, I can't remember the exact history. I feel like no. I've probably explained uh, so, yeah. it before. But yeah, yeah, please, um, please recap. Apparently, like back in the uh, like late eighties and early nineties, when this whole like techno scene and the acid house scene was like going on, apparently it was just like seen as one of those things where you had to be like anonymous. You had to sort of you'd never put your face on anything because the music was kind of like everyone's like everyone was meant to have a good time to it everyone was meant to dance to it so to put your face to it was kind of like taking away from what the music meant and i think like i think richard d james was just like nah fuck that shit and like (laughs) was because he was like the complete antithesis to like everything like um he just thought it'd be fucking funny to put like the most ugly disgusting face he could do on all his artwork, on all his promotion, everything. Like, yeah. and so that's how he like became that face and that figure of his own brand was because it was kind of just like the absolute opposite of what you should have done in that scene. And so yeah. that's why he's fair place. That's why he's just got that like really ugly smile that just like haunts everyone to this day. Mm. But um, there, there is you, you'll be surprised to know on my re-listen there is one track that I really just don't like. Oh yeah, that's the final track. Can't. Uh, I mean, it's not my favorite track I, either. I really, really hate the didgeridoo samples. I, I can't. You just think of Rolf Harris. No, I'll tell you what I think of. Like, I think of fucking Lion in a Coma, like by Animal Collective, when I listen what? to it. <laughs> and obviously, I know one came before the other, but like, obviously, yeah, one's used as like this upbeat, like pop song, and like one's like a. IDM so I just don't think like you've you've got an album that mixes these strings that are really really nice sounding obviously they're synthetic strings um yeah. 
really, really nicely, this sort of like neoclassical electronic music. And then at the end, there's just like a fucking didgeridoo that drives the song. And it's like, it feels so <laughs> tacked on and out of place. It is, it like, it but bugs I, I, me. I guess that's, that is like an extension of what I'm trying to say is great about this album. Mm. It's just Richard is fucking about, you know, and that song yeah. is the perfect thesis of that ethos, right? It's just so bonkers. And so ridiculous yeah. that I kind of end up loving it because of it. Again, it's not my favorite track. It's definitely not the no, best piece no. of Apex Twin music out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely doesn't fit in with the rest of the album, but it's just a fun little song, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate that. I, I just I just think it, it does just, especially it being the last track, and it comes after such a, a great track before it. Yeah. <laughs> that... It's I I think it's a classic case like and I, there's so many albums out there that do this of just having a, a track on the end that just shouldn't be the closer. Yeah, I know. It's it's really frustrating when that happens, and mm-hmm. often or not, it's not like they're trying to close the album. It's just like a really slow, boring song. It's like yeah, yeah this is the yeah, outro, yeah, yeah. you know. It's like mm-hmm. ah, we don't need an mm-hmm. outro. Just finish it on a high note. Yeah, um, I, I've got I've got actually I've got a very similar complaint. When we talk about postal service as well. Oh no! Ooh, no! 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 no. I th- mm, if you say the last track round, that album round, is like a downer, mate. Nah. I'm round up your it. thoughts on this. Oh yeah, let's, I'm let's fucking rounding up my thoughts on this. But I, I need to hear what you're saying <laughs> about that last song. Fuck no, I'm not having that. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I guess my least favorite track on the Richard D. James album is Goon Gumpers. Because that is mm-hmm. what I don't like about the album is just you know you're taking these like novel classical strings and then just putting a breakbeat on them or some Casio synth keyboards mm-hmm. over them. It's like hey, look at me. This is electronic music. This is IDM. I don't feel any effort was put into it uh, because it does just seem like classical strings, synths meshed together. There's a song mm-hmm. and there's a concept for an album. Um, yeah. But other than that, I think. The rest of the album is really, really solid. Um, the melodies are great for a lot of the time. Um, the the breakbeat drumming does get stale yep. after a while, and it's it's my least favorite trend in IDM. To be honest, it's like if we go fast, it's more intelligent, and it's like that's not the case. <sighs> See, I I want to say that you should honestly listen to I Care Because You Do next, because hmm. uh, I it, yeah, it's my personal favorite Aphex album, but it's because I, I think it's way more experimental and it does go a little bit insane okay. at points on that album. Um, but I'm not sure if that's the kind of stuff that will do it for you. I'll check it out. I, I think this was a yeah. good... This was an album meant to reinvigorate my perspective on Apex. I think it's done the job. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to dig through his discography again reevaluate mm-hmm. his albums and see what you know if anything's changed you know because sometimes that does God just knows. happen like you visit a, an artist he's like nah it's not doing it for me you come back to it mm-hmm. one year two years five years later and he's like holy fucking fuck what was i thinking yeah you know? i've done it plenty of times done it plenty of times <clears throat> the national <clears throat> yeah that's what i was literally just thinking yeah, <laughs> yeah. and now i own a vinyl yeah that, i'll never let that go I saw you buy that vinyl in front of me, and mm. I know. 
yeah, you said, no, it's boring. Never going to listen to it again. And then a year and later, it's my favorite national album. It's your favorite national album, and you're, yep. you're buying it on vinyl. Shame on me. Yeah, shame on, shame on you. Shame on him. Hashtag shame on Connor. Get that trending. You know. Please. But, you know, the, the, the thing about vinyls is we get them in the post, and the, the postal service oh. is a great oh, thing. Oh, you, you, you're doing it. But sometimes I think the postal service should just give up, especially when those posts are late. Mate, your puns are so bad, you make me want to give up. Oh! <laughs> so yeah, what the fuck's up with this bullshit about you not liking this last track? Oh, straight It's the best in, track. Um, okay. What the fuck are you on about? All right. Oh, do you really think so? It's the so? best track, oh, yes. No. no. The production on it is so See, good. Oh boy. Okay, this will be a good one. So the reason why it's my least favorite track on the entire album is uh because and 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 you'll understand it. Hmm. I actually really fucking love the last track. Uh, up well, until the vocals come in. No. Because I think the track is so good. It almost feels like post rock, but with like these electronic elements. Like yeah. uh, for like all the fucking the huge build up the crashing on all the drums and I, I just I'm like listening to it and I'm like this is fucking great and then suddenly it just like all drops out and then I can't remember the lead singer's name um, Ben Gibbard and then yeah. he comes in for like I don't know like 30 seconds 45 seconds like really not that long with not a huge amount to say and it just to me it completely kills the closing of the track oh. like I feel like it completely kills the closing of the entire album like the entire album has like sort of like this this building feel in like all of the tracks and I think the vocals are beautiful, like, in all of it. But I think the thing that was so special about this closing track was that it was just an instrumental, and it was just, like, this builder and this big climactic crash of, like, everything that had built up. And I just don't think the vocals fitted. I, I think they fit. And that's that's kind of what that's kind of what ruins it for no, me. No, I mean, like, it, I'm singing it in my head, to be honest. Like, I'll write you a song and a won't be hard to sing and it, like it's it, it's low-key for sure mm. you know like compared to like such great heights or clark gable you know it's not as endemic but the vocals you know the song itself as in like the production it's very dark it's very shadowy and it's just epic and that's what i mean but i love that when the vocals do come in it does fit mm. that atmosphere because it's very low-key and subtle you know you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, well, because all his vocals are kind of low key, um, and 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 soft. And I'm gonna stand by this right now. This is just, uh, th- this is electro indie pop, emo. <sighs> like it is. I, I, I tried, I tried the reason with you last week, and you no, you, you haven't. Mm, Sorry, uh, which of the two of us has uh, listened to a lot of like classic emo music midwest emo thank you very much yeah well okay midwest emo sure let's have go you listened yeah, to rites sure. of spring have you listened no to oh, let's not have this emo debate let's not have the emo debate like that's, 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 that's some long, long debate that is like yeah um no but like his his vocals they're they're emo like you know i i i uh you know a lot of the emo music that I have listened to, it the the, the vocals are within that that it's range. Just... You know, it's just that rather than having the noodly sounding guitars, it, you've you've got like some indie tronica. I don't know. I don't think soft spoken melodic melodic vocals equal emo. Sure, he's from an emo band, quote unquote, 
But well, yeah, you know, I just don't think because he has a soft voice, it doesn't make Postal Service emo. Well, it's it's a mixture of things. It's it's the soft voice. It's the uh, the very very American voice, and that's what I kind of put towards emo is that like it, it that overly Americana tone. Sure. Um, Okay. With with the sort of soft soft spoken kind of nasally American voice, I, I think it's a sign of a fact. Yeah, that like you you get what I mean. Yeah, and uh, or you don't. Um, I, I, I'm in the middle. <laughs> it is emotional, and and here's my weirdest feeling about this album is um. Uh, you know, I, I've I've heard a lot of people like describe this as kind of like an autumny and type wintry yeah. type album, um, yeah. which I think is a fair a fair thing. And and the thing when listening to the lyrics is, you know, it, it is kind of sad. Like, you know, the album's called "Give Up." Yeah, and uh, this place is a prison. Uh, you know. Yeah, a lot of the lyrics, um, you know, especially on like silhouettes. Oh yeah. Or um, recycled air. Recy- recycled air, yeah. which is my favorite track on the entire. Album. Oh really? Nice. Um, yeah, I, I just I love the lyrics in that thing. I, lo- I there's just a lot to love about mm. it. Um, and then you think about uh, the district. Um, only uh, the uh, the district sleeps alone tonight. Oh, like yeah. th- it's all quite sad like or or it's tinged with a lot of melancholia yeah um but there's but that's not the feeling i get from this album it's really weird that all the the sad the sadness is all there all the elements of what should be sad is there but i weirdly feel like uplifted by this album yeah it is an uplifting listen yeah it's really really strange and I, I think it's to do with uh the vocals as well like you know you've got a lot of those ba 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 that just like kind of yeah. push the spirits up um i think a lot of the instrumentals the way that they're handled especially with like the very bubbly and um poppy i know that you compared it to cara cara bonito I, I don't think it's as insane and as bubblegummy well, as that. Well, I didn't but compare Postal Service to Caracara I compared no, Caracara you... to Postal Service. The other way around. Yeah. But... <laughs> Completely. Um, that. But yeah, th- there's, a, there's a lot about it that I feel like it sounds very, very uplifting. And I've always considered like wintry autumn time. A lot of people consider it like a depressing time. Yeah, there's like a lot of black earlier. metal and like... I, yeah. I, I find it like... I, I find it to be like one of the few seasons that's like quite loving and warming it's meant to be in a weird way (laughs) and and so yeah like it's just the complete opposite but um so i i find this album very very strange in a good way because the album's called give up there's a lot of sad lyrics there's a lot of sad tones in the vocals but something about it actually just like lifts me up Mm. a little bit you know there's like really Um, basic bitches online they're like what's mm -hmm. the happiest song with the saddest lyrics that's this album. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It's, it's the real it's, patrician but, answer to that question. But it's done better than the Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I, I've pissed off some people with the Apex Twin comments, but I think you're going to piss off even more people with the Smiths comments. No, the only people I'm going to piss off with the Smiths comments are like people who are like in their like 15 to 20 age range who haven't learned There's... that Morrissey's a racist yet. Well, yeah, Morrissey like... is a twat, but like. <laughs> There's a lot of people that do love the Smiths, like unironically. So uh, I'll I'll let you deal with the brunt of that. That that's your yeah, problem. Yeah, okay. 
won't put it on like the poster or anything. We won't. We won't make it the forefront. Yeah. Um, make, <laughs> make make our thumbnail image for the uh, podcast episode just me Morrissey giving the finger to every Smiths album. Okay, but let, let's. Uh, what 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 else? Uh, there's a lot I have to say about this album because I I just think it's really good. The 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 beats are incredible. Yeah. I I think. The yeah, the production just in general. I think what an odd mix, and I think this is what originally when I first listened to it never allowed me to come back to it, or I never had the motivation to. Because first time I listened to it, I just wasn't captured by that that mixture of like emo vocals on top of Stop. electronic. I I'm gonna keep saying it because that's oh, what it don't. is. To me. <laughs> um, I I just wasn't captured by that combination of electronic production. And sort of synthesized drums and 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 that sort of hmm. yeah I, to me it just didn't fit the first time I listened to it and I think just I never came back to it I never downloaded it onto my phone so I just never felt a reason to come back to it but I'm glad I did because I I, I just think it it works really well yeah. and you know what I found out that I'm really surprised by this thing is fucking platinum yeah it was uh, I did some research before I came on here it's the second sub pop album to go platinum after Nevermind. Which is amazing. It's mad. Yeah. Like, because I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about any of the tracks on this album. Like, ever. All right, I mean, Such Great Heights was a big single back in the day. But, and th- that's what yeah. I mean. And, and maybe it's because, like, obviously this thing came out in 2004. Yeah, yeah 2004, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which meant I would have been seven. So, you right. know, like, <laughs> if, if that was a big if, if that was a big track in 2004, it's not like I'm going to remember that part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, know? exactly. But, um, we were watching, like, School of Rock and listening to generic rap and rock <laughs> metal at the time literally but like i don't know i i just i've never heard anyone like i've never heard anyone in my family anyone like within people that i hang around with ever mention the postal service except you like yeah it's, it's I, I don't even know how you found out about them well so. it's just like it's very big in underground music culture you know but it's just mm-hmm. it's weird because it's right on the cusp of mainstream and underground um, I yeah, don't hear general people talking about it. Like, if I go out on the street and no. say, hey, have you heard the Postal Service? He's like, yeah, it's just down the road, mate. You know, they're not going <laughs> to talk about the band Postal Service. Um, mm. But yeah, like, obviously, if you talk to any dedicated music fan, they all know Postal Service. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a classic, right? But mm-hmm. And understandably yeah. so. Like, It's just one of those albums. And, and I, c- yeah. I can imagine, like, such great heights having, like, a big, success because i'd say that is easily like the most upbeat thing like on this album mm. like um you know i i, I yeah it's, it's it's a great catchy little fun song and so i can imagine that being what sort of launched them yeah um but th- th- i just can't it's weird i don't see this as being a massive seller and it's fucking platinum like it's it's mad to me um, the power of the music community. It's pretty good, but I I think there's there's a lot to love it. I'd say like the the song that probably crushes me the most though, like if we're talking about like lyrics, hmm. um yeah, Districts uh, sleeps alone tonight. No, uh, why do I keep forgetting the? Yeah, it's the first song. song. How can you? <laughs> I know. I I think it's just that is a song that is drenched in melancholy. Oh yeah, like, definitely. That oh, it's it's really just kind of sad like the sweat the the beat as well as much as it does get kind of like poppy hmm. um and it has like the really nice uh sort of popping type 
synth sounds in it. Great descriptions. Um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm not exactly an artic. I can't articulate my words properly <laughs> sometimes with music, but uh, lyrically and I think just the way that it's sung, especially if you if you watch the music video as well for it, it's it is just kind of like it's it's a bitterly melancholic yeah. song. Uh, did you know? Do you know how this album was made? Yes, I do. But explain it um, for our listeners. So yeah, basically, uh, Ben Gibbard uh, from Death Can Be Cutie, who's on the vocals on this album, and some guy from some other band called Jimmy Tamborello. Uh, I wanted to say tambourine then, but it's Tamborello. Uh, basically, yeah, they collaborated on one track on an album. They shot some ideas together about a collab they could do. Uh, like a whole mm-hmm. album collab um but they were separated right so they lived in completely different cities completely different states uh so basically what happened was jimmy had sent ben some beats he made and ben just added some vocals add some extra instruments to him and then sent them back and then they just kept sending material back and forth back and forth until the album was finished and it's because they were sending material back and forth through the postal service, they ended mm-hmm. up calling themselves the postal service, and I think that's very fascinating because, you know, I don't think any other album's been made. Yeah, like that. well, not only that, like it's a very interesting way to make it, but you know, mm-hmm. the creative process, while collaborative, is in a way individual. Like Jimmy's doing his own thing, sending it to Ben, then yep. Ben's doing his own thing with it, and then sending it back. You know, and they're completely separate from one another. They're not in the same room. It's kind of like. You know, two solo projects coming yeah, together almost, but like, like it doesn't feel disjointed. It feels no. like a cohesive project, and I think that mm-hmm. makes it even as, more as if they were there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. The craziest thing about that is when you actually look back on that, you have to now consider in today's day and age why that's so special. Because mm. say if um, I know you don't necessarily play anything, but like if me and you were to make an album, let's say, right. I could sit in my room on my drum kit or on my guitar and I could I could play about and I'd record it and I'd send you the files and I'd be like, there you go, have that. And then in an afternoon, you could send me back something else and go, okay, there you go, have that. Yeah, like, we send And then one of us puts it together. Yeah. Um, but what makes this special is like back then because of technology and the internet hadn't, you know, you don't have cloud storage back then. Yeah, it's very like, primal. The, yeah. It's all on tapes. It's It's got to be sent through the post, which is dodgy in, in a sense anyway, because that tape could get damaged. Mm. That, that it's like could get lost. And that's like hours worth of like material that, you know, would be used. Yeah. And so it's such a risk. And I think that's what makes this album even more special is that like, even if somebody were to collaborate from one state to another nowadays, it just it's not the same thing i think that happens all the time especially in hip-hop one producer will create a beat and then the rapper will take that beat and they'll rap over the top of it like it's such a common method now that someone doesn't have to be in the same room as the artist that they're collaborating with but for this album i just feel like it was so special because it, it was done before it was easy yeah and like despite being separated they were on that same wavelength throughout Mm -hmm. And it remains. And so they made consistent. something fucking great too. Yeah. Like despite that risk, you know. I've I've got one more thing to say, and uh, oh god, I don't know if I'm gonna piss you off here again. You've already pissed me off. Um, so like, <laughs> you've pissed me off well, enough with this natural episode. anthem. So 
I think uh, so. Actually, bang on in the middle of the album, we have uh, Clark Gable. Yeah. And I really love the song. Good. But the lyrically is it, it it frustrates me because there there are certain cliches in music or certain things in music and film. Yeah. That um that I just I just don't get along with. And one of them is this like metaphorical and picture perfect idea of of um, people likening life to a movie. Hmm. And yeah. And lyrically that is exactly what this song is about. It just there's something about it that just rubs me the wrong way. Like I love listening to the song, and um, yeah, I, I I still love the song, but there's there's just those parts of the, the like uh, the lyrics where he's literally talking about making a movie, uh, so he can kiss this girl that Clark Gable would have been basically impressed by, and there's uh, there's just something about it where I'm just like, yeah. I, I mean, I just, like mm. sure the um. The idea of, look, I'm picturing this as if we're in a movie. Sure, that's cliche. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's all drove home by the chorus where Bane sings, I want so badly to believe that everything is real. And that's the driving message behind it. It's like, I just wish these thoughts, this movie I'm making up in my head, I wish this Mm -hmm. was real. And And I guess it's kind of like... And it is breaking it, like it's breaking that fourth wall, yeah, a little bit. Because like usually people are like, oh well, I I wanna, I wanna picture that. Like my life is a movie. Everything that I do has to be special, as, as if it's like a picture perfect moment. Yeah, exactly. Had, like, five takes to be able to get, and I and I can't stand that. It cringes me the fuck out. But I guess at least in this song, if 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 I'm gonna take anything from it, is that it does kind of break that down, and it's more about him setting these shots up. Like yeah. in a weird it's way, a... <laughs> it's like him directing it. Yeah, it's an interesting and it being way. Doing perfect that. from take one, so it's done in an interesting way, and that's why I still like the song. Mm. But I, for me, it's just like it's a it's a pet peeve of mine. Like when people just talk about their lives as if it's a movie. Yeah, it's but like, like that's guess the thing. what? If fuck we it, all is it? do it. Like we all do it. Yeah, it's a very human thing to do, and I yeah. I think it is it is to an extent but also I, I think it's because for me in entertainment and in music and stuff like that i like to see the messiness and the realness of things and this is why like i appreciate in like films like birdman like where mm. there's like fuck-ups and they keep they keep it in the movies because like life is kind of just like one big fuck-up in a way like every everybody does stupid shit yeah like and and so nothing's ever going to be picturesque. Nothing's ever going to be these perfect moments. But the perfect moments actually come from these stupid, messy things. And and I I, th- I th- that's weird. I've I've gone on a massive tangent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that that's the only thing lyrically like that kind of. But just do like... you think the song that like you've gone on this massive tangent about like mm. how life really isn't that picture perfect how we should appreciate the minor flaws in everyday the life things, yeah. do you think the song has achieved success in its message by making me think about exactly that? fuck mm. so he, ben oh, is picturing shit, a movie bro. in his head he wishes it mm. was real but he is left with the flawed reality of life God damn, this is like musical therapy right here. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. Well, it's giving me a newfound perspective. This is why I gotta air my thoughts. This is good. 
I like that. That's that's You've a decent. It. That is honestly that's that's quite a nice interpretation of it. I'll give you that. Three years of a creative writing degree have finally paid off. That's quick thinking. I'll give quick you that. Thinking. I'll give you that. That's a, that's a nice quick rebuttal to my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank my degree for that, unfortunately. But <laughs> no, you can only thank me for being stupid and you being smart. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to call me smart, like, I don't. Know. I had a brain fart the other day where I forgot where peas came from. As in, like, garden peas. Gardens. And I know that now, but, like, I had a brain fart. I was like, wait, where, <laughs> where did they come from? Like, because... So, basically, Captain Birdseye, like, has, like, extremely green poo. And just, like, molds <laughs> that into little peas. So the green giant just, like, literally peas them out. That's See, why they're called peas. Now, that in my head is picture perfect. That's, <laughs> that's, that's movie-worthy right there. Like. But green giant is sweet corn. Uh, why is it green? It should be yellow giant. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I was about to say he is yellow on the box, but he's not. I'm thinking like, of the sweet, the sweet he's green giant. He is so green. he's going to be he, green. He is on an the box. actual green giant. Yeah. yeah, the jolly green giant. Ho ho ho, green giant. Uh, sort of rounding up my my thoughts. It's a really great album. I'm glad I came back to it, and I don't even I can't even count the amount of times that I actually listened to this over the past week. Hmm. Like ridiculous amounts like it's just so good it, it's it's really comforting it's like a nice warm hug of an album yeah it's a really lovely listen it's really really nice um it's just comforting and um despite you know it's melancholia and despite it, some of its sad lyrics or uh, even if you're turned off by the vocals it definitely just like give the like if, if, if you haven't listened to this album before listeners out there mm. give it a go because I think it is just really warm sounding. It's really nice. Yeah. And it's it's platinum. That means a lot of people have bought it, which means it's, it's successful. <laughs> which means it's popular. Which means it's good. Right. On to recommendations. And since this episode, we were talking about seconds, as in second listens. Next episode, we're going to be talking about firsts. What could he possibly Ooh. mean? So, next episode, we're going to be talking about the first albums we ever bought with our own money. Yeah, boys. So, I'm going to recommend you the first album I bought when I was, I must have been, when did it come out? I think I was 11, 12 years old when it came out. I fucking die and my heart is racing. Yeah, and I had about £5 left, or... No, £10 left on an iTunes gift card I got for Christmas. And I was really big into this artist. I was really big into the genre. And I just really liked this album. And the singles that I feel came nauseous. Connor Bryant, next yeah. week, you will be listening to... I actually feel sick. <laughs> you will be listening to Recovery by Eminem. Oh no, that's like fucking long too. You're joking me. That was the first album I bought because I really loved, loved the way you lie. You you've got to think that you have to re-listen to this as well though. Oh oh shit! I didn't think about that. Well done, mate. Oh mate, I've already heard it, so I can skip through the tracks. You have to sit down and make notes. <sighs> Well, I guess next week's going to be an, a, an episode where we fucking rant about how shit Eminem is. Um, 
Because like th- ah. this, this is the thing. I was saying this to you before we hopped on here. We can't just talk about good albums. You no, know? we really can't. We need to talk about the shit every once in a while. And as soon as we had this idea that we talk about the first albums we bought, it, it leads nowhere good. So yeah, you you're gonna be listening to Recovery by Eminem. Okay. You know, I've never listened to a full classic Eminem album. So Well, I wouldn't go so far to say it's a classic Eminem album, but No, it's... <laughs> but this is what I mean, is that like you are giving me my starting place into Eminem's career. Oh, you've never listened to a single album in his discography. Not in full. What? I've listened to a lot of Eminem, never a full oh, album. Shit. Okay. And you're starting me with recovery. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Christ. Um, well, I think yours is a lot easier. Um, okay. I'm just on the Wikipedia page at the moment and looking at the reviews. Uh, I, it might actually be, yeah, uh, the opposite. Uh, but basically, as as far as I can remember, I think this is one of the first albums I ever purchased. Mm. And... Um, if not, it's within the ballpark of the age where I would have been first buying CDs. And that is uh, The Feeling with 12 Stops and Home. And if you well, don't know what that album I've is... I've never heard of it. Do you, you would have heard a lot of the songs on like, uh, like fucking TV adverts in the UK. And if you remember the song Fill My Little World, that goes, Fill my little world. Right up. Oh, right fuck. Up. No. <laughs> Shit. That's, that's I the told same you this band. Is a bad idea. I told you this is a bad oh, idea. Oh, no. Uh, that also did the song Love It When You Call um, oh. and Never Be Lonely. Oh, fuck. And, and just on the... Uh, just on the Wikipedia page, looking at the aggregate scores, Metacritic of 58... Uh, there's BBC gave it an unfavorable drowned in sound one out of ten NME four I, out of ten. I don't care about the reviews. I'm just a thinking about one out of ten from Yahoo. Like, like, I'm just thinking about the car adverts. I've used this fucking bullshit um, music. See, I remember this as being like a, a you know a, a fun little like power pop album. Yeah, why did um, you buy this? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was at least like, recovery really makes sense for me because I was like an edgy teenager. Nah, yeah, in but you, you, exactly you. Like at this point in time, so this was released in two thousand and six. So I was nine. Right. Um, you know, I think this made sense because I was like into like indie shit. I loved like the Kooks' first album at this point. <laughs> this was like before I got into like metal. I loved like Kaiser Chiefs and like all that shit. Right. Like so, okay. it makes sense within the chronology of my music habits. Mm-hmm. But I'm not excited to revisit it. I, I've got to admit to oh, you. Fuck. Sorry, you, um, what's the band again? What's it called? Uh, the the feeling. the The album art is truly horrendous too. Um, oh. Right. It's actually quite suggestive looking at it now. I'm, uh, okay. I'm liking this less and less the more I look at it. I'll, I'll look at it in a little bit when I go off the air. Yeah. But oh fuck! I mean, like, if you didn't mention that. I'll be like, oh, what's that? That that sounds kind of interesting. Maybe oh, Connor's shit, actually shit. made a deep... Maybe this was a good idea. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Connor's been patrician since he yeah, was born. Yeah, maybe. It's like, hey, this is like an underground classic. Who the fuck knows? But uh, yeah. as soon as you sang, no. started singing that song... My music taste has, mm. has always sucked. <laughs> right. 
I think you've given me the worst one personally because I like, have. what recovery's yeah. recovery's got to be like over seventy minutes, right? Eminem never long makes album, a short album. That's where I'm at. It's like yeah, a lot of tracks. It's a lot. Of I'm tracks. looking it up right now. 70, 70, 76 minutes. Seventy six minutes. Is I actually... really am. I'm not happy Ooh. with you. Right hey, now. hey, yeah, you <laughs> recommended me a two album album for the first episode. So this yeah, is. Yeah, but it was good. It was, I mean, I thought it was decent. Yeah, but this is just you know. Are we? Are we? Are we still around. on a on a? Are we still on a t- minimum of two listens? Yeah. Oh yeah, minimum of two listens. You've got to appreciate right. every detail in Spacebound and love the way you lie. Alright. Alright. I've got to find the time. Like I've got to do it. Your hearts to the moon. Well, this has been a uh, it's been another episode of Talking Music where we hype each other up and really, really uh, get into the albums that we talk about until we depress each other with the album recommendations that we both hate. <laughs> And that's what life is. We bring ourselves up to only bring ourselves down. <laughs> uh, Listen to the Postal Service. Listen to the Richard D. James album. Love music. We won't next week, but... <laughs> oh, no. No. Fuck. Love music. Love yourself. Love life. That's been the Talking Music Podcast. And we just talked about music. Over and out.